Welcome to Everything In Between, the podcast where a dad and daughter duo delve deep into topics ranging from true crime to paranormal occurrences to urban legends and, well, everything in between. I'm Emma. I'm the dad. That's Anish. Um, And we watched a horror movie this weekend. It's also one year now, officially. Oh, yes. Yes. 52 weeks. 52 episodes. We did it. Official. On the books. One year (laughs) episode. Uh, so our extended anniversary is now over. Exactly. exactly. Um, but we watched, we only watched one, right? Horror movie? I only. Yeah. Well, I guess you could count your road trip as yeah, well. <laughs> No, maybe the train scene, but. Oh God. Yeah. Um, um, we ended up finally, we, I've been, I've been waiting to pull the trigger on. Shutter. On Shutter, yeah. On subscribing. So, you know, I was on the beta. Like, when it first came out, I got on the beta. I don't even know how it happened. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's kind of cool. But um, And then I just forgot all about it. <laughs> but then, I mean, I've been seeing, whenever I try to find movies to show you guys, like all the classics. Right. They're available they're never on Shutter. streaming only. <laughs> yeah, basically. Mostly on Shutter. Yeah. So, I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And then uh, you had your friends up this weekend. Yes, and, up in um, Yeah, and... Uh, Originally, you were going to do, I think you were thinking about The Shining and then Friday the 13th, 13th because... Crystal Lake. Crystal Lake, yeah. But um, the thing that was weird about it was like, I, I mean, for those who have already seen the Friday the 13th series, I mean, it's good. And you have to you have to see the first one before you see any of the others. But, um, and again, just stop at four, <laughs> skip three. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so, I, but I just didn't think it, it wasn't going to be the same because you guys are like just these... I don't know how to, I don't want to say that. I don't even know how to say it the right way without offending everyone, but you guys think you're too cool for horror school is what I think. Really? It, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't. Fun. Whatever. Anyway. So, I'm and then the shining, I feel cool like is shining is a better winter cold. Like, yeah. Snow day kind yeah, of movie. Um, just because to get the right ambiance cause it takes place again In because the winter. of uh, winter. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so fair. I had read about this new film called tigers are not afraid and it's a um, it, it, the Sorry. the writer director was just saying something about it because and it, like Neil Gaiman gave it great reviews, uh, Stephen uh, King Stephen did, King Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Toro, yeah. So I read about that, and then she had written just about her favorite horror films and the because director of, of it or the the, yeah. the writer it's the, the same writer, writer right? I, th- I think it's a woman, and um, yeah. she was saying that uh, that you know she loves horror films, and they were asking her, like what scares you, and she's like, oh my god, the one movie that scared me to the point where I almost had to walk out of theater was this movie called Terrify, which got released last year. And she said that she couldn't leave the theater. I mean, she was so scared she wanted to leave the theater, but she couldn't because the director was sitting right behind her. It was a friend of hers, of course. So she just had to power through it, but she just said it was, you know, beyond scary. So, you know, look at the trailer and everything like that. But again, it's also, it was a Shutter exclusive. So we decided then on Saturday night, because you guys were talking such a big game about we how horror not. oh my god what were we saying oh well like you know i thought the shining was funny oh it's funny it, this that i was like all right so that's why i picked okay well that was not me technically i picked terrified to terrify for us for yeah. a reason uh, i had not worked. seen it because i hadn't seen it either and um and i was i was psyched because i'm like all right I get to see a movie but i'll just say this and again 
it was great. Everybody was awesome having them all up. But you need to shut up when you're watching a movie. I'm sorry. I need to. That's how it's I It's not even you. It's Aaron. I'm suddenly like, I'm like, who's it. talking to the screen? What? So I decided that from now on, I'm going to have to watch movies by myself. Or <laughs> I have to watch them in a theater because I am not watching it when, I mean, it takes away, like, you're trying to get into the moment and into like the intensity and then good thing they don't listen to this podcast so, but again <laughs> you know it doesn't matter because they're all going to say that no one was afraid so it doesn't matter anyway but let me just say that everyone was afraid i had jump scares it's rare that i even get that many jump scares yeah. the only the only time i can think of another jump scare was when we watched haunting of hill haunting House. Of, exactly so um that definitely oh, not that the movie's about jump scares but the other thing i will say to be completely fair about the film and i think you agree with me it's kind of disjointed yeah it's a little bit confusing it is i mean the it, it, it's scary there's yeah, no it doubt. reminded me of hereditary because it was there were some good scares in hereditary but at the end i was kind of confused with like some of the plot points well i, I feel th- like they didn't explain it very well Well, i think the way and again we're not i don't want to give anything away because if you get a chance you should see it mm-hmm. um we should have jackie watch it we can have jackie watch oh it yeah our, our jackie place. yeah hey um, listen but um the thing I will say is that I think it got to a point where, I mean, they did it really well. The acting is phenomenal. All the characters are great. I mean, it's almost, I mean, it's, it's Argentinian, right, the film? I think so. It's very insidious-like with the characters. At least the, the main, you know, paranormal expert reminded me of the woman from Insidious kind of thing. Like, it's like that kind of, you know, um, she had that gravitas of, you know, you believed her and you could tell, like, you know, just don't mess with this woman kind of thing. Yeah. But, um... But Calm, I feel like, cool, yeah, I think they got to a point where they were getting to it. You know, they, they had to tie it up some way and it kind of like did again, like that insidious in the ether, like kind of yeah. like lost for a while. But, um, and then it kind of ended and I feel like they're like, well, you know, if we ever do a sequel, this is how we should end it. So we could maybe do a sequel. So I think it's kind of like that was why it was, we were kind of left hanging. But with all that said, it's a good ghost story. It is. It was wow, very. and it's and it's I guess a little bit more sci-fi than it's yes. only ghost. I mean, there's Got a, a mix little bit of, of that, yeah. yeah. Um, but the next one I do want to see is Tigers Are Not Afraid. Yeah, and that um, looks like more of a uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, something it's, like that. It's a very it's like a fairy tale. It's a, supposed to be a gothic ghost haunting fairy tale, which yeah. are always great. Um, but just for everyone, because Halloween's coming. Um, there's a bunch of films that I'm hopefully you'll start to watch. So we'll finally you'll finally see Trick or Treat. Um, yes, I thought you owned that. I do, but I want to. I mean, well, House, okay. House of the Devil. Oh yes. And um, oh, what was the other one? The Innkeepers. Yeah. And there was one more. When that it comes was your to me. contest, right? Yeah, but those did are. Did we talk about that already? Yeah, we. I believe we did. Oh. Um, okay. If we have an email us and we'll talk about it at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was that was the big thing. But then you guys watched Kong, and then you guys watched Moana, and you yes, watched. Because some Euro of us trip, had not seen Moana. And you watched. Uh, Easy A. Easy A, yeah. Yeah, so a good mix of movies, I think. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was a good weekend. Yeah. I was so glad that we got to watch Euro Trip. <laughs> I just, oh, man, that movie is really something. It's, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then, uh, what, what you got? Well, actually, you guys just were the, I mean, you, you were at the dock, you swam on the beach, yeah. Yeah. It was I mean, pretty chill weekend. Yeah. And now we're back at school, unfortunately. So, it's kind of a sad note to end on. Well, yeah, you got your big, you're going to your college overnight next yes. day of the week, but, um, yeah. 
Um, but in t- in the soccer world, Liverpool let's six for kick six. Get over to soccer corner. Stop that! I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to start <laughs> throwing things at you. You're not calling that. Um, but yeah, Liverpool are six for six. Um, they played Chelsea away. It was a great game. I mean, we were up two nothing, um, and then again, like in the end, the last whatever maybe twenty minutes or so. We, I guess it was less than 20. We let up a goal, which was a brilliant goal, I have to say. Uh, the guy, Conte, oh, unbelievable. But it should never happen. Like, we just kind of like, it, so So then the last 18 minutes was just like at the edge of your seat. You know, they kept pressing, pressing, pressing. But to win away at Chelsea just means that this team has moved in the right direction. But um, again, like I say, I've been saying every week, it's happy days, but it's early days. There's still 32 more games to go. Um, and we play City in six, not six weeks, but six games. Something like, yeah, I think it's in six games. Um, but we have a cup game on Wednesday. And Ooh. then we're away to Sheffield uh, United next Saturday or something like that. But yeah, so it's the games are coming fast and furious, but... Uh, but yeah, we're still in first, you know, top of the table. That's great. But doesn't mean anything. It's only September. Yeah, I mean, looks good for now, though. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else? Uh, no, I don't think we've really... I don't think there's anything else we've been watching. I mean... We haven't watched your Unsolved yet. Unsolved we haven't watched, and we have to catch up on the Great British Bake Off. That's true. Because yeah, yeah. there was another episode Friday that we yeah, haven't watched. Yeah, but, you know, you were busy, you know, because, you know, you had... We're driving so, up to Maine? No, you had all your friends. Like you say. Well, yeah. You had a busy schedule. We, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I you get it. You sound very sarcastic. I am. Oh. That's exactly it. It was a busy schedule. I yeah. was hosting. Anyway. Um, well, yeah, I think the so. big thing right now is you're looking to book your tickets with uh, oh, yes, Jackie with and, and Jackie and, and my Bear. friend Bear. Yeah. And we're going to go see Lore live. Yeah. So you're there. Check, uh, email the podcast. <laughs> we'll say hi. <laughs> um, yeah. So what are you doing this week? This week I'm doing a true crime story. Okay. Get excited. I shall. All right, let's hear it. So um, before I start my story, I just would like to say a huge, huge thank you to Jackie um, because she compiled a list not only of all the topics that we've already covered, but she color-coded it for what topic it corresponds to, and it's a lifesaver. Because, again, this week I was like, did we do this already? And I had to check the list, and we didn't. So thank you so much, Jackie. Um, that's super helpful. So, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. But um, it was awesome. I think it's a record of shout-outs for Jackie today, this, this yeah. episode. I think it's the episode this of Jackie. Is, yeah, dedicated to Jackie. Um, so, true crime. Um. In 1985, in the town of Ina, Illinois, a teenager named Thomas Ottle killed his parents and three siblings as each one arrived home one night. It's not good. No. Two years later, in May of 1987, in the same town, a 10-year-old girl was found raped and murdered. And um, around this time, a family had just moved to the town. Wait, so 85, he kills his family. 87, 10-year-old girls found dead. And a new family moves in. Yeah. They technically moved in in 86, but I just wanted to frame those two crimes. Okay. Okay. So, 
Um, this family, they're called the Dardines. Know them? Mm, the name sounds familiar. I don't know why. Okay. Uh, so the family consisted of Keith, the father, Elaine, the mother, and Peter, their two-year-old son. Okay. Um, and they had just gotten there in 1986, like I said, after the teenager murder. And when the 10-year-old girl was found dead, they started to consider maybe moving away. Okay. So um, Keith had moved there first uh, and bought a mobile home. And um, then later Elaine and the son joined them. Yeah. Um, and then Elaine became pregnant. Okay. Which was another reason why they were thinking, oh, maybe we should move away. Okay. Um, but besides those two murders that I talked about, uh, there had been 13 others in that county in the past two years. Okay. So it was not common for that many murders to happen in that short amount of time. I don't think that's common for that to happen anywhere in right. that short period of time. Yeah, especially in this little... So the 13 included the family of five? Uh, 15 would be with the family and the 10-year-old. Oh, 15. Sorry, my mistake. Okay. Yep. okay. Yeah, so... Um, so wait, half of those killings were... Because you said it was the two parents and his three siblings he killed, the boy? No, no I mean like cases. There were 15 cases, so the Total. number of bodies were, were different. There was yeah. more... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 15 it, it, homicide cases. 15 homicide cases, so at least a minimum of were six in those 15 cases. Mm-hmm. Holy. A lot of murder was going on in this town, or in this county at least. Okay. Um, so when they had first moved there, Keith uh, got a job as a treatment plant operator at Red Lake Water Conservatory. Oh, the Red, Red Lake Water Conservatory District's facility. Okay. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, and Elaine worked in an office supply store in Mount Vernon. All right. So um, the two were also involved in a small Baptist church in the village. Uh, Keith sang lead vocals, and Elaine played the piano. Um, and as the murder started to grow higher and Elaine became pregnant, um, they put their mobile home up for sale. All right. Um. And because of this rising crime, Keith became so protective of the family and their home that uh, what his friend recalls that at one point a woman came by to ask to use their phone and he just would not let her in the, at all. Okay. Um, so, tension is high. But then something happens. Bum, bum, ba. No? Yeah, no, sure. You don't like my bum bum bum? Okay. Hey. Okay. So, anyway. 1987. Right? Yeah. Cool. November 18th. Okay. Keith fails to show up for work. Okay. Um, this was very strange. He was a very reliable worker at the treatment plant, uh, and he had not called in to inform his supervisor that he would be out. Um, and so... They called his house, his friends called his house, nothing. So his supervisor called both of Keith's, Keith's parents who had not seen him and did not know where he was. Um, and so then Keith's father called the police and had them go check on the trailer. All right. What they found 
were the bodies of Elaine, Peter, and a newborn girl tucked into bed. Uh, like yeah. she had... She had given birth. There? How, you ask? Did How? You? Thank you. Uh, well, Elaine had been beaten to death <gasps> and beaten so severely that she went into labor <sighs> and had a baby girl. And um, the baby girl was then bludgeoned to death okay. as well. All right. And the two-year-old son. Oh, my God. So the three of them were bludgeoned and then put into the bed. Um, now, where's the father, right? Yeah. He is gone. And so is his car, um, which was a red 1981 Plymouth. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so investigators assumed that he had killed his family and fled. Um but they went to his mother's house in Mount Vernon. Um, his mom and his dad were divorced, actually. Okay. So they went to his mother's house. He wasn't there. His father's house wasn't there. They continued searching for him as a suspect. And then the following day, um, a group of hunters stumbled upon his body in a wheat field not far from the trailer. Um, and he had been shot three times. And his penis was cut off. All right. Um, the his car uh, was found parked outside the police station uh, in Benton, which was eleven miles south of their home, and the interior of the car was uh, spattered with blood. All right. So, um, the this murder was so brutal, and just added on to that list of murders that I was talking about before that it caused people in this area to be totally freaked out as they should be um so residents began to put like shotguns in their vehicles gun racks to be like super village like visible uh for others to see um high schoolers like after their basketball games they would just wait inside the gym to be picked up instead of hanging outside like they usually did um and just everyone was on high alert right yeah yeah so um a lot of the earlier reports were very, very limited, and so a lot of rumors began to spread about this crime. Um, and since um, Keith was found in a different county, um, the case was like right. split between two corners. Yep. Uh, and so they disagreed on how he had, how he died. Uh, one of them thought that he died of a head injury. The other thought he had been shot. And like, well, he had been shot, but like that's what killed like him. Was- Okay, that he could have been bludgeoned before shot or something like that. Right. Well, the person that thought he, it was a head injury said that he, when he was like forced out of the car, he like hit his head or something. Like he was dragged, he was probably knocked out, dragged from the car, and he hit his head, and that's how he died. Okay. And then he was shot. Right. Um, but they just disagreed, so there was a lot of conflict there. Um, and uh, they think, at least. Uh, they think Elaine might have given birth after death. Um, yeah, which is, I don't know if it's better to, I feel like it's better to be dead before. I, yeah, okay. I don't let's know. Not, let's not dwell on. Yeah, Keep, not great. Right. Um, so because of the baby being born during this, like, murder, it gave rise to rumors that, like, the killer, like, ripped the baby out and just all these horrible, horrible things. Um, and then because of the 
the baby thing and the mutilation of Keith, yeah, uh, people started to speculate that it was Satanists that committed the crime. Um, and they thought there were three other unsolved murders at the time that they also thought were Satanists. Uh, and they thought, oh, it must be like a serial killer, Satanist cult group. So that, again, gave rise to more rumors. So this is a so satanic panic. Satanic panic. Okay. Um, so, so the Franklin County coroner, um, he didn't, didn't think it was Satanist at all. Um, he actually has a quote saying, I don't think there is a rational basis for the near hysteria. The people are frightening each other. Uh, people were so afraid that if someone ran out of gas in the county, he would not seek assistance in any nearby homes, but would instead walk to the nearest highway to, and hitch a ride. So he doesn't believe it's Satanist, but he's talking about how like the hysteria was. But you still go out and then hitch a ride? I guess, yeah, that's not... Yeah. Okay, whatever. Maybe they were thinking that, like, because it's all in this town, people that lived in the town would be the culprits, and people that were driving or, like, passing through would be safer. Uh, sure. Maybe. I, what, okay. I don't know. Um, so, uh, the daughter of the Dardines' landlords, um, like, the people that own the land that the mobile home was on, yep. uh, their daughter uh, told them, like, years later that... After this happened, she just didn't sleep at all. She just stayed up all night, like, reading for fear of, like, going to sleep and not waking up or something like that. Oh, my God. So, it was affecting everyone. Makes sense. I mean, this is, that's pretty violent. Yeah, very violent. Um, So, for the investigation, there were 30 detectives that were working full-time on the case, following leads, and they interviewed, I think, 100 people. Okay. Um, And nothing that they found was fruitful at all um so one man was taken into custody but released after questioning um they talked to a co-worker of keith's who apparently he was having a dispute with but nothing like that just led nowhere as well um and everyone that they talked to had just nothing bad to say about the couple uh they seemed to just be very well liked good members of the community it just didn't make sense that they would be targeted by anyone that they knew, at least. Um, and so that begs the question, could it have been a robbery gone wrong? Or maybe someone like saw Elaine and tried to like make an advance on her and she refused and they flew into a rage. But um, when the police were like looking through the trailer, there was like... I think it was like a TV and a radio that were just in plain sight that hadn't been stolen or anything. And You're going to like, this isn't going to be one of these, um, we're not going to find out what's going on type things. I'm going to kick your butt. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. You can't talk about a, such a violent murder and not have closure. Yeah, you're totally right. I need something I- to throw. Okay, keep going. No, no, Let's please go. don't throw Let's anything. Go. Keep going. We don't need to throw things into this house. Um, where was I? Ah, so uh, not Boston a robbery. robbery. And TV's there. Yeah, TV's there. And um, Elaine hadn't been sexually assaulted at all. So it did make sense that it was like someone who was like targeting her. Um, so she was just bludgeoned to death? Yeah. 
like face? Uh, I believe it was her face or, uh, or okay. her head. Okay. What? Keep going. No, please. No, no. I, I have a thought. I have a, I, I have a thought. But keep going. What's your thought? I'd like to know your thought. Some kind of jilted girlfriend. But keep going. Jilted girl of Keith. Of Keith. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Keep going. Um. So police also found no evidence of any extramarital affairs. Okay. Um. So well, then I guess it's not a jilted girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, maybe from before they got married, but like, why wait till? No. Well, then I was just trying to think if they mutilated that cheat. All right. Keep going. All right. Yeah. Um. So. They found a stack of papers with sports scores, so they thought maybe Keith had like gambling debts. Okay. Um, but the uh, Keith's mom said that her son was so frugal that that just was not going to be the case. Um, he actually uh, once raised money for his young son's college fund by reselling fifty-cent cans of soda at work. So, okay. Cool little story, I guess. Um, so even though they couldn't find any real like motives, yeah. they still think it was a personal thing because of the violence and severity of the crime. Um, the, uh, the, the county coroner, he said that, uh, he believes it was a very personal deliberate thing and that it wasn't like, it couldn't be some stranger. Who right. That's why this. I was wondering about the bludgeoning and the face and things yeah. like that. All right, keep going. Uh, especially like. I mean, killing them and then putting them in that bed. Plus cutting off his penis, but keep going. Yes, that's true. Um, and again, police experts were looking into the Satanist thing, but um, it was, they thought that it was untrue because uh, such groups often would mutilate bodies more extensively, harvest organs, and. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> and leave symbols and lit candles at the scene of their crimes. And none of that was because that was in the handbook. But keep going. <laughs> well, it says a police expert on cults, so you know. Yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was doing it as his final project right. for his you know, AP. As World they were listening to ACDC, playing the record backwards, or Led Zeppelin, <laughs> or whatever. Okay, keep going. Let's go. Um, so the police also thought that maybe in the purposeful thing, it could have been they were just mistaken for someone else. So someone had a uh, uh, some sort of what's it called um like a drug maybe like it was a drug thing gone bad wrong place wrong time you know like i got it yeah not wrong time but just wrong place it's always the wrong time well actually um keith's mom said i think someone wanted keith to sell drugs and he refused okay um or there's a possibility someone liked elaine and she wouldn't accept his advances and he took out his rage on both of them so that's what the mom thinks. Okay. Um, which I think is pretty fair. Um, the drugs thing is interesting, especially because, like, it would make sense for him to want to raise more money, so he might get approached for that kind of thing. But it seems like since he was so involved in the, like the Baptist church and stuff like that, like he would say no. So I guess there's some weight to that theory. Maybe. Maybe. What do you think now? You still I don't think know. Extra I still money? think it's like yeah, that somehow it was something. It, it's somebody known, and um, I think unless he staged the whole thing and just I don't know how he shot himself three yeah, times. Yeah, I know. In the head. Like I don't know, and moved the car. So I'm just trying to still understand like how the cars at the police department, how it got there. Why would you do it unless you're trying to mock and say like there's no way you're gonna fi- you're gonna find out who did this because it's like mocking the police if you're putting parking the car there and and there was blood all over. There's no way he could 
Right. So like, again, injure I'm just, yourself in the car, get out my, in front of the police station, like because of the mutilation of the bodies, the violence of it, and like again, and, and how then, is he going to cut off his own penis? I don't know. And then the whole putting, uh, put, like you know, putting him in the bed just seems to me that personal. There's yeah, there's a lot. I think yeah, I don't think it's random. It's like not specifically because of the bed, but yeah, actually, pretty much because placing them has some sort of like i don't know there's a ritualistic component to it but there's a i don't think it's a satanist cult no there's no way it's just i think that's just satanic panic keep going i'm I'm, yeah i'm I'm gonna keep going don't worry don't worry don't worry um so as time went on the case was not being worked on as much as it was at first as this as happens uh so there was only one detective still working on the case in the 1990s. Um, and so Joanne, that's uh, Keith's mom, yeah. she gathered 3,000 signatures from um, area residents to petition the Oprah Winfrey Show um, to do a segment on the killings of her son and family. Okay. Um, but they turned her down and they said it was too brutal for daytime TV, which is fair. Yeah. It's very brutal. Um, and then, uh, she also appealed to America's Most Wanted. Yep. Uh, and they had a similar reaction at first, but then in 1998, they decided, okay, we'll do it. So they so ran 12 a years later. Yeah. Okay. So they ran a segment So what, on the it. case is cold now. Yes. All right. So they ran a segment, uh, in 1998, but no new leads came from that. So, um, then they... Uh, police were looking at uh, Angel Resendez, who was a serial killer um, around that time, um, but he was it just didn't work. He beat he like as a serial killer he would beat people to death, but yep. like they checked it out and it just didn't line up. Right. Um, and yeah, they just weren't ever able to connect him to yep. the crime. And then um, in 1999, there was a confession. Okay. Um, have you ever heard of Tommy Lynn Sells? I don't think so. Okay, well, he was a serial killer. Okay. Uh, who was, who killed in Texas. Uh-huh. Uh, and was put on death row. Okay. And, um, I guess it was after 1999, because that's when he killed people. My bad. Uh, he killed two girls, uh, by, like, slitting their throats or something. Um, and then... He, while awaiting trial, he started confessing to other murders that he committed. Uh-huh. What? You don't think he did it? No. You think he's just confessing to things? Yeah, so he doesn't have to get killed. Oh, well, you would be correct. Um, <laughs> um, so that he confessed, but it didn't pan yeah. out, and they were like... You weren't even born. Whatever. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, and then he was executed, so... Okay. Yeah. Um, actually, somebody, there is a police officer that does think that he could have done it. What year are we in now? Um, well, we're not currently in a year. I'm moving on to a different year. Okay. What? Keep going. Okay. Um, so then, um, there's a different person that claimed that they saw, uh, Keith in 2010 at a truck stop. What? Yes. Um, in near Mount Vernon or at a local pool hall in a different, uh, version of this story. Okay. Um, and again, uh, 
uh, oh, this is Cells. This is Cells. I wrote this wrong. My bad. I'm sorry. Um, Cells said that he met him in 2010. No, he didn't. I wrote it wrong again. I don't know what is up with me and my writing skills right now. He claimed in 2010 that he met him in 1987 at this this place. Okay. okay. All right. I got it. Whoops. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> I don't know how I wrote that. I, t- Apparently, I was you just, just want me to throw something at track. you. You're just going to keep going till we get to 2819, and then I'm throwing something. What? You don't have anything to throw at me. I have right? a glass. You're not throwing glass Let's go. at me. Come on. <sighs> Guys, you're all my We're now witnesses. past 2010. Let's go on. We have nine years to solve this case. Okay. Anyway, so 2010, Sells says that he met Keith at a truck stop, and then um, Keith invited him home for dinner. And then at the meal... Um, Keith apparently triggered his ang- his anger by sexually propositioning him for a threesome with Elaine. Okay. Um, and so he forced Keith at gunpoint to drive to where his body was found, killed and mutilated him, then returned to the trailer to kill Elaine and Peter. Um, and he just said that he just flew into a rage because of the sexual offer from All Keith. Right. Which wasn't true because he's a liar. And he's now dead, but let's go. Yes. So, um, he was killed. Cells was executed in 2014. Okay. So now we're five years now. Let's go. Five years. Right. Five years. Um, and in that five years, there have been no new suspects and the case is still cold. Um, but Joanne, no, don't throw that. Don't throw things Keep at going. me. Put that down. Let's go. I'm just trying to tell you about a cold case. <laughs> no. You can't talk about children dying like that. I know. Listen, when I was looking for my case this week, I found so many horrible child murders right, and well, i was like i'm not gonna do a child murder and right. then i found a family murder instead oh my god and you know i just thought since you love my my unsolved cases so much i thought i would do another one for you you know so what's joanne trying now um in 2000 she kind of changed her opinion uh and she was certain that it was cells um around like his kid like, in 2000 well, that's when the confession was first reported. And then 2010... He said something else. He, like, yeah, he, he, he elaborated. Yeah. Gotcha. So she's, now she's thinking it was him. Yes. Um, and then on the 20th anniversary of the killings, um, she said that she was 99% sure it was him. And then it, it just sort of like kept going like that. Um, but she just sort of changed her opinion to of like the, the drug thing to the... It was definitely cells. So, Poor woman. I know. It's very sad. Uh, apparently, she actually wanted to talk to him uh, for something. That's what Cells said. Right. Um, but she said in a different interview that, like, sorry isn't going to cut it, blah, 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 blah. Um, the two never ended up meeting. But um, she she did say in a quote that uh, she wanted him to stay alive until she knew positively that he didn't do it. Uh, so, I guess we're guilty until proven innocent for her. Um, but he did die before it was confirmed and the case remains unsolved to this day mm-hmm. you have nothing else to throw at me well, so. i can throw the other one but i'm not going to i don't even see the other one right, fine we don't need to throw anything else at me i've been through enough 
Okay. Um, that's that's the case of the Dardine family murders, um, in Ina, Illinois. You know what I should have done is I should have looked up whatever like number there is if you have any information, um, but I didn't. I can look it up in between when we shift to your story, but okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's it. What a great story, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna let my anger subside. Count to ten. Yeah, just in my head. Just count to ten. Human again. Count to ten. Human again. All right. What are you doing? I'm gonna count to ten, and then we'll get back to my story. Which is ghost Ooh. haunting. Ooh. Ten. Nine. <laughs> All right, I did count to 10, but now I have to count to 10 again because you're taking forever to eat your chipwich. This will be taking me your whole story, so please. It'll take like an hour yeah. to eat that. So It'll be whole... melting all over you by the time yeah. it's... All right, well, anyway, so my story is a haunting ghost story. Um, this one is, I guess it's technically an in-between then, right? Um, in that way? Haunting we... ghost story? Well, because we just say it's either true crime or... Um, Paranormal or in between. I guess it's paranormal. Mm-hmm. Or urban legend, right? A haunting would make it paranormal. No, no, that's what I mean. It's paranormal. So I, have yeah. to, I don't actually, I was just thinking, like, I don't have my category as paranormal. I just do true crime, urban legend, and then in between. I don't have that other one. What? So I need to add that. Have you never listened to our intro? I guess I should have looked at the logo. Oh, my God. Anyway, so it's I'm counting paranormal. 10 again because you're, like, you know, wolfing down that chip witch. Anyway. I've taken what advice. This takes place... In Europe, in Spain, uh, I don't know, in Malaga. Cool. Or is it Malaga? I don't know. I think it's Malaga. I'm not sure. I can't help you. It's the the haunting. Well, I shouldn't say that. The house itself, I think, is built in like the mid 1800s, but the hauntings are a little bit in the latter part of that century. Okay. And we'll go through that. So, for over a decade. The um, Malaga City Council had been dealing with a large estate within the city. Mm-hmm. It had become pretty much an eyesore. I have to. I will show you these pictures because I, I, I actually went to Google Maps mm-hmm. to look at it, and it is like Spooksville from Google Maps, just oh. zooming down oh, on it, that kind of thing. Like, um, and you can do it in three D, which is pretty cool. Oh, like Street View. Yeah. Nice. Um, and it was also a big safety hazard, besides being an eyesore. Oh. Um, Maybe they should have led with that. <laughs> the estate itself was steeped in history because, again, it was 1800, so it survived through um, the Spanish Civil War, you know, the First World War, mm-hmm. Second World War, that kind of thing. Um, but it's also it had a very dark history, um, as all you know places that are considered you know paranormal or haunted. It was the local place for teens to dare each other to kind of like, you know. Go in. And yeah, yeah, do everything. Let's explore and everything else. Um, and it was more, the, the estate itself, we'll talk about it, but it was the structure that was the big issue because the estate was large. It was over a large area. Um, the building it was in incredible disrepair from just, it was never bombed or anything like that, but just because, you know no upkeep Mm. um but it was still salvageable so uh at the time really it was just mostly graffiti and things like that most of the windows were still intact um, but vandalism was definitely on the rise from kids being there that makes sense 
the area of land, the estate, it's like the 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 um, footprint was over forty five thousand square meters. So it's a pretty big lot. Yep. And sounds like it. The previous owners had abandoned the property, and there were a bunch of rumors why. Ooh, um, ghosts. Some say that maybe well, one of the things was some night they had just like up and left. Uh, others say that they disappeared and no one had seen them again. Um, now, for the city council, things kind of came to a head after a group of friends between 18 and 20 years old set out to have their own you know adventure exploration, as we had said earlier. So while they were there, of course, going at night, um, they get separated while no. they're traversing the complex. No, you don't do that. And I'll, I'll explain a little bit more of the complex, but it, there's like a main house and then there was... Um, uh, outer area, like not a fortress or like wall, but like an outer like stables and things like that oh, okay. that surrounded the main home. Was this on like um, like a is it a lot of land? Yeah, forty forty five thousand. Yes, but like is it is it a house and then a lot of open land or does it have yeah. to have all the land? Well, the house is at the center. Then there's the surrounding buildings, and then there's still some land around it. So it's it's big. Oh, because I was thinking like in the middle of the city kind of thing. Oh, no, 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 no. It's 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 out in um, the area is called Campanias, and it's not on the ocean, probably a few miles north of the Mediterranean. Mm. So I don't think you can have sea views from where you are. I mean, there's definitely cities around it, but it's it's to say it's in the country is not completely true because there's a, ma- a major highway that goes right by it. But at the time, there wasn't so a the highway the suburbs. There. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, so again, this group is out there and gets separated, this one person, this one boy. Um, and, you know, he's trying to find him, calling out, this kind of thing. And to his recollection, he said he heard this voice calling and echoing. So he's, he started following that, that sound towards the, the voices and bad idea <laughs> unfortunately whatever he heard was you know, not he, he was following but as he followed in the dark he ended up falling 30 meters into a pit well what yeah he survived How but big? was paralyzed from the waist down 30 meters it's almost 100 feet jesus christ it's taller than this house oh i thought you were gonna say this room and i I think this would be considered maybe 50 feet at the top so twice the size of this holy moly um so now regardless of these stories or the ones of the abandonment and all these other things it's still the town's problem because they had acquired the property due to the the owners abandoning it yeah and not paying taxes and everything that went into foreclosure and everything else so they own this piece of land and they tried for years to auction it off, um, but no one was interested. And again, they weren't. It wasn't like, hey, let's try to make a buck or any a big huge profit. It was just more of let's get the taxes back, let's get fair value for the land, the structure, that kind of thing. So, you know, they 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 tried hard. Um, mm-hmm. And again, the rumors are out about this haunted thing, this estate. Uh, Although sometimes that like increases interest, right? It could. So in two thousand and two. They found a buyer, uh, the Mirador Group, and they were planning to build a luxury hotel, over 200 oh units God. on the estate grounds. Um, of course. They were going to develop the land surrounding the resort and you know make it like a destination setting. So I think there was um, 
there was a uh, already one golf course close by that they were gonna add another one you know, this is just a plot to ghosts <laughs> um and by that time by 2002 uh the house definitely was in much more disrepair and the structure itself of the home was like crumbling. Yeah. So they, they, there was a, the, the main thing was they were going to, they were going to reinforce uh, the, the building with steel. So the point was keep that structure, build the, keep the facade and, you know, cause it was a historical landmark in a way. Right. Um, so the first day of construction, I think it took years before they actually started construction the mayor of the town held this huge high-profile event, and he laid a symbolic foundation stone to be like, <laughs> okay, here we go. You know, this is going to be this new thing to the city, and right. you know, blah, blah, blah. And then everything came tumbling down. Well, let's just put it this way. It was the only new piece added to the estate. Ever, at all? At all. They didn't do anything? So, Like the construction? Like were they well, scared off kind of thing? It was known that there were pits... Because the kid fell, had fallen through. Like there was underground cellars below the foundation. Right. So during the inspections of uh, to start doing demolition, workers complained that they were hearing voices and cries from oh. varying areas of the foundation. On further inspection of the pits themselves, they found and discovered a network of tunnels. Oh, that's going never to good. and from the main structure, the main house. Oh, that's very, very not good. And as they tried to map some of these tunnels, they would come to dead ends. Oh. However, the dead ends were man-made. They could tell that (gasps) something was either covered, blocked, or imprisoned. Oh, my God. I don't like that. So after demolishing some of these man-made walls, the activity around the complex intensified. Oh, my God. So much so that the workers abandoned the site. Wow. What is this place? What is it? This is the story of Cortijo Yorado. Never heard of it. So, let's go to the sources. <laughs> Wikipedia just has something about the, the place. Um, uh, MalagaWeb.com, there's a blog blogger who wrote specifically about, I think he grew up in the town and his teenage years and the stories of this haunted oh, place wow. uh occult world had something about it um and then diario sir which i think is a local paper for the area had uh they had a timeline of like the things that happened from 2002 on like when they started construction this happened it ended and the other thing um it was like big because you know it had the history of everything that was going on with it and then like, the spooky ghost stories and everything was also written so the legend has been written in this paper on multiple occasions every time something bad happened they would bring up you know the legend of course so the story goes as this sometime between 1830 and 1840 the uh heredia family Mm -hmm. moved from la rioja to malaga okay Uh uh-huh now the family was one of the richest in la rioja and was now one of the richest in (laughs) malaga Ain't that um, the life. <laughs> <laughs> Why they actually moved was a slight mystery to the locals. However, when they presented their plans of building this expansive estate. Lavish. 
yeah, people were like, come on down. <laughs> and the main reason, too, was because um, it was this beautiful structure, like the architecture and everything else. So, like, tourism kind of thing? No, like- no, no. Just They were just like, this is going to put this... I mean, the town was already, you know, not, not I won't say famous, but it was a destination place, but this was just going to add to it to be, you know... Make yeah, so, I mean, I understand it from a tourism part, but, um, I, th- I mean, you couldn't rent this place or anything I know, like but that. I meant, like... You know, like when you look at the architecture and you're yeah. like, oh, this is so pretty kind of thing. Yeah, it was definitely a palatial kind of a state. Um, and it also uh, helped employ most of the locals because to build this That's w- good. huge structure. Um, the architecture was very eclectic and it had like a neo-Gothic style farmhouse. So the main building was mm-hmm. a farmhouse. Uh, the buildings themselves covered over 2,500 square meters, um, which is like 7,500 square feet, which is huge, mansion-esque. Um, at the heart of that uh, of this estate was that farmhouse, and then there was a courtyard, there was a chapel, and a viewing tower. So Ooh. I think actually by the tower, you could probably see the ocean or the, the Mediterranean. Um, yeah, that would make sense. The rooms in total, like all the windows, if you counted all the rooms, they had 365 windows. Whoa. And, and the reason they did this, they said this is a tradition that there was a window for one day of the year. And I don't know if that's a good luck thing or something, but it was... You're you know, only allowed to look out of yeah, one window exactly. every day. Um, they had the surrounding buildings were stables for a bunch of animals, horses, other uh, livestock, things like that. Cool. Um, and the basements were outfitted with secret passages that connected to another estate. Wow. The question is, why? Well, that other estate was owned by the Larios family, who were the richest family (laughs) in uh, Nighttime burglaries? Is that it? I don't know. And they were very good friends of the Heredias family. Actually, the Larios family was also originally from La Rioja. They actually still owned a villa in in Hmm. La Rioja. Um, and the Larios estate was called the Cortijo Colmenares. Okay. Um, now, <laughs> I see you're leading. I'm uh, trying to eat away from the microphone. So 1840, 1850, whenever, it may, they weren't exactly sure, but it took, I don't know how long to build the home, but around 1890, the patriarch of the um, Heredias mm-hmm. family passed away darn and uh i'm not sure if they're good people or not i'm gonna assume they are darn so after that for almost the next 20 years young girls just started disappearing at an alarming rate oh in the area okay i know i just said that i am gonna assume they're good people this is making me reconsider my stance so there were also reports of disappearances previous to this time frame but, but not as much nowhere near the frequency Ooh. um and it like i think it was a couple over decades kind of thing but again you know it not enough to make people suspicious right or concerned now the bodies though of some of these missing girls started to appear along the Campanias river hmm. now the river passed the estate on the western side like Right there or like a little bit away? Well, let's put it this way. Those out, the outdoor stables mm-hmm. were only 80 meters away. Oh, so right there. The main farmhouse structure was 300 meters away. Uh, wow. So between basically 250 and 1,000 feet. And there could be tunnels, right? That go there? There could. Uh, hmm? 
So rumors spread, and here's the link to your story, that the Adidas family were Satanists. Oh, yeah. we, we love some, some Satanist cults. And witnesses had spoke about parties, rituals, chants coming from the house, and some said they had actually been there to some of these parties and things like that. So they're the Satanists. Now, the bodies that were discovered had shown signs of torture as well as rape. Oh. However, the amount of bodies found by the river were far less than the amount of people that disappeared. That's, or, or I don't know which is more concerning. In 1925, the Larios family bought the estate from the Aradias family. Ooh. Rumor was that they were having economic issues, and the other rumors were maybe it was due to them buying off judges and things like that, <laughs> so none of the family would be get would would have been arrested or inspected or investigated for the for, the, for these missing and girls. Yeah. And the other question was. Maybe the Larios were trying to clean up a mess since their Their estates were connected by underground tunnels. That's my mind exploding. So I want to preface this. So all this research that I had gone through, there are definitely gaps in this story. (laughs) So I'm going to fill in some pieces because not everything was there, right? Because like as I was going through it, I'm kind of like, all right, this is like a big jump here or Mm -hmm. there. So um, a lot of this I did find, but there's just the pieces of mixing things here and there. Okay. Now... With the Larios owning this um, building or this whole estate, um, like time went on. There weren't as many disappearances of women. I think there were still, but not, not at the. It slowed down again. Yeah, I think, and I don't. I, again, people, so, I guess, quickly forgot. Maybe. I wonder why there was that spike. Well, like, the the rumor was that the next generation that had inherited of the Adidas. Diaz family, they were not were the, as like, bad. and again, I don't know if it was men, women, or what mixture of like the family themselves were just probably just bad, worse than with, if oh. the father had or the patriarch was involved earlier with the other disappearances. But who knows? Uh, um, but from 1925 to 1936, there wasn't a huge amount. But in 1936 was the outbreak of the Spanish Civil War. And up to that time, I mean, there was definitely issues going on. Like just in Spain itself, there was economic depression, all these other things going on. So um, the elites, the Bolsheviks, of course, were (laughs) considered the um, enemies of the fascist regimes that were Mm -hmm. there. So the fascists now were rising in power and the Bolsheviks were considered Satanists and all other things because they were, you know, not of the people and all this other stuff, right? Right. So between 36, 1936 and 1939, there's a civil war. The state was taken by the nationalists or the fascists. And it was to be recognized as a hospital and considered off limits to, you know, opposition. No, no, like bombing. Well, it wasn't, you know, it was a hospital. So you can't attack a hospital. Right. right? Well, you could, but you shouldn't. Right. You shouldn't attack anything, honestly, but... So, I mean, I don't know if you, if you think Pan's Labyrinth. Think of something like that, right? There's this house in the country Ooh. that gets taken over, right? Right. So, as much as that they said it was a hospital, it did serve a purpose, but it was truly a prison where the enemy had been tortured and executed Ooh. within the cellars that had been transformed into dungeons. 
So is that when they started getting blocked off, the well, tunnels? What's interesting is that they found these tunnels. They found um, they found things in the tunnels. Okay. Oh. Now we'll get back to that. Now, all that happened, they don't know how many may have been killed or what had happened or how many torches or what even happened with bones and things in general, right? Yeah, that's just not great. So the war had ended, and in 1942, and again, I don't know if the Larios family were killed because they were considered, you know, the elite um, right. by the fascists or not, but in some way, the Caseda family ends up purchasing this property, right? And almost immediately, strange noises coming Ooh. from below. Is this the first, like, instance of the hauntings that we know of? Well... I'm not sure if the other families had heard anything before. Well, if I they're mean, the perpetrators. Well, witnesses had always said that there was, they, now again, it could have been them killing people real time, or it right. could have been just the wailing sounds of the if there were ghosts around, like, right. you know, of the girls, you know. Yeah. But, you know, it was already spooky, people had considered. It. And again, it also got known for being this prisoner and execution uh, camp. So almost immediately, like I said, they started hearing noises. Um, they had hired workers to renovate the estate because they wanted to bring it back to a farmhouse <laughs> from a prison you know, or a hospital. Good. It's a good idea. So while workers were working on that lower level, like below the foundation or in the basements, uh, basement itself or you know, other places, they found torture devices that were scat- and scattered bones all around. Oh, my you know, around. God. Now, most of what they found, they believed to have been from the war. Most. Well, the reason is, is because they found some tunnels that had come to certain dead ends. That were bricked up, kind of? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They didn't go into detail if it was man-made or whatever, but there was definitely something had done. So they believe, though, it was, I guess it was man-made. And I think it was from the Larios and or um, Herodias time, Hmm. right? So they did excavate some of those passageways, and there... It is believed, and again, this is what's very interesting, is that I found one person say this and not others. They uncovered the bones of young girls, or young, I mean, I'm not sure if they could tell they were a girl, but they were young. It's not like they're going to be torturing young girls. Right, they weren't adults, or like, and there was no war paraphernalia and things like that. And here's the other spooky part. It was also believed that some of the equipment that was found had predated the war. So what they think is that when they took over the place, maybe they found these tunnels, the the fascists, and found this equipment and just said, hey. Let's use it. Well, that's part of it. And they didn't know what it was used for or didn't care. I would probably put my money on didn't care. Right. I I mean, maybe they also spread rumors that, you know, the Bolsheviks were all these Satanists as well, like to help their cause. One worker reported that when he entered one of those blocked passageways that they had opened, that the darkness he felt was nothing that he had ever felt before nor after. He had quit that day. Whoa. So the family that owned it, now this is where I'm going to just take some liberties, that they tried to renovate it. Apparently they didn't stay long. Yeah. Is this the family that abandoned it? No. So This is the... The 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 Caseda. Caseda. Right. So... By 1950, the estate was sold again, this time to a rich doctor. And it's believed that he's the one that sealed all of the passageways. Did they take the bones out at this point? I don't know, um, but he tried to seal as much as he could. Um, 
And he said that he did hear sounds and he knew like there was, he knew again about the history, about everything else there and what was found, but he just sealed it off. And even from the foundation part, like where you'd get to go down, they tried to um, seal as much as they could. Um, But he then said that he would still hear sounds as if now they were muffled sounds, as if something was buried and trying to call out, you know, from underneath. Um, He also abandoned the home. After that. Like sold it or just straight up left? Uh, he did sell it. He, 20, 25 years later, um, around 1975, it was sold to the Jurado family. Okay. They also knew of the history, and that's when the state officially was called the Cortijo Jurado. Cortijo means farmhouse, mm-hmm. and then Jurado would, the Jurado farmhouse. Right. So the other one, the Larios, was also a farmhouse, the Campen Nieras farmhouse or whatever so it was people called. at this point when they buy this house like they think they're they know what they're getting into and then they're just totally wrong or they think oh bad things happened here but no ghosts they, i don't think they believed in the they i think it was right and this changed that well they tried to make the estate back into a farm again um and get back to its roots and things like that mm-hmm. um and for them they just believed that, at first, again, they didn't believe any of those other things, but they thought that the place was cursed because nothing would grow. Oh, well, you know, that's a pretty good sign that it's cursed. Um, and then the family would be awoken to the sounds of sobbing and wailing. Oh, God. And then they're the first, I believe, to say that they witnessed apparitions and they start to see things on the outer walls, near those outer walls by the river. Yeah. Um, they would also only appear in the basement, never in the upper floor. It's always hmm. below. Guess I know where I would be staying. <laughs> and as, it was basically as if things were trapped below. Ooh, that's scary. So the family had heard and seen enough and were just like, we're out. Good. They abandoned the place and it now stands more decrepit than ever. Now, like we said, the teens still frequent that main house and they're the ones that because they abandoned and to pay taxes and everything, that's why the town had to take it over because they just disappeared. Right. Now there have been multiple paranormal investigations at this site. Like there is, if did you are, did our favorites go there? If they did, I wouldn't tell you if I found it, I would have blocked it. I should just block it. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, do they go What's to the Europe a lot? Anyway, no, just there are YouTube I... videos of a whole bunch of people all walking around it. Um, it is considered the most haunted uh, place in Spain. Ooh. Oh, and one more thing. Remember that guy who fell? The and paralyzed, was paralyzed? Yeah. He said that when he was lying on the ground, he saw multiple apparitions wailing. No. Their bodies were not all intact. No. And he doesn't talk about it anymore. No. And he tries to believe that he was hallucinating from the pain. No. And that's I the don't story. Like, that. like I really just of the Cortijo Jurado. Oh. Oh. No, thank you. And you can visit it today if you'd like. If you Google it uh, and you see the map, you can click on the map and then just zoom in on satellite to look at it. But if you see the pictures of it, it's just Spooksville, and it's you could tell like when you see it, you're just like holy mackerel. The river is dried up now, I believe, on the side there, and. It's like just this desolate, like without, no pun intended, ghost town. Because on the <laughs> other side of the highway is like a, um, I think it's just like basically a junkyard or a car junkyard or something like that. 
But if you look at it on the map of Google Maps, you'll see it. But yeah, that is the story of That's the Hirado Farmhouse. Mm-hmm. So terrifying. And there we have it. All right, you ready to close this up? Oh, yeah. Let's go. All right, so I do have some fun facts for uh, Malaga. Um, this is from 15 Fun Facts About Malaga. Dot <laughs> <laughs> com or <laughs> From .org? Traveling with oh. the Joneses. Um, I'm just going to pick a few. One is that it is one of the oldest cities in the world. It was founded by the Phoenicians in 770 BC. Ooh. And at the time, it was known as Malaka with a K instead of a G. Interesting. Um, it is, oh, for its weather, we were just we were talking about this. Oh, yes. Um, for 300 days of the year, it's sunny. Hell yeah. It says it gets about 50 days of rain. And then to your question about what happens the other days, I guess it's cloudy. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Pablo Picasso was born in Malaga. Uh, and for our more modern <laughs> listeners, so it was Antonio Banderas. Um, yep, who I didn't know until you had to tell me that he was in Spy Kids. Right, and then the last thing weather-related is that um, Malaga has one of the warmest winters of all European cities that have a population over half a million people. Um, it averages Very specific. Well, I think it's because there's probably smaller areas that, that are, are like, definitely yeah. yeah. But this is like you know, a, a, like a metropolitan area, right? Um, the temperature between December and February averages around uh, 63 to 64 degrees hmm. Fahrenheit. So that's pretty cool. That's very warm. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So you can like bask in the sun, you know, maybe yeah, get a rain day. Is. You know what I mean? Like it's warm. And then, you know, hey, go visit. Oh, yeah. A Just haunted, go to this ha- haunted horrible farmhouse. haunted house. Right. Yeah. That's, like, actually, I learned that die. too. That. Uh, oh, my God. What was it? And to. Oh, my God. No, I can't remember. And cannot. Oh, God. Encantada means haunted in Spanish. Oh, yes. Because the, yes, the other yes, name so is Casa Encantada. Um, the haunted. The haunted house. The haunted house, yeah. There are no others. Yeah, but again, one. there's another. Actually, Malaga has also this other paranormal stuff that I I was reading about. They had some other things that, but this one just. It's very seemed, interesting about the whole, like, like, there's no closure on the girls disappearing and stuff. Well, it also happened during a time of, like, again, you know, it was just completely upheaval, upheaval and turmoil. Yeah. But. The question is, how much were the Larios family involved as well? And right. were they like just basically, you know. Were they in coats? Right. Was this like some kind of crazy sex ring or something? Oh. So who knows? Well, that was a very entertaining fun fact. Yeah. A group of fun facts. Yeah. Um, if you want to submit your own, you're more than welcome to. You can send them to our Gmail, which is everythinginpodcast at gmail.com. You can also submit those through our website, which is www.everythingpodcast.weebly.com. Uh, you can also like suggest stories for us to do, or if you've experienced something, whatever, true crime, paranormal, whatever, uh, send that to us. We'd love to read it and maybe say it on the podcast, too. Yeah. Um, we have social media. Our Instagram is at everything in podcast. Our Twitter is at between underscore podcast. And we have a Facebook group and page, both by the name of everything in between podcast. Go check those out. Like, follow, subscribe. I don't know. Um, we've announced when new episodes come out and do some fun stuff like that. Um, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us out. 
Uh, and we'd love to read your reviews too. It it gives us happiness. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and then if you haven't noticed, uh, all of our episodes are titled with songs, which you can find on our Spotify playlist, which is called the soundtrack in between. Uh, it's one heck of a good playlist. If I do say so myself, got all the classics, you know, and love pretty sure there's that's copyrighted. I from still a don't know what I'm, radio what I'm, what I'm going to do for this. Episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's two paths. I mean, I'm going to go look for songs about abandonment because they kept abandoning the house. <laughs> that's true. I could go. I've done one about a farmhouse before and yeah. then the last would be something just Spain, Spanish or something like that. Right. So that's what I'm going to look into. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing for mine either, but yeah. we'll How about anger out. management songs for yours? Anger management songs? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what you should do? We didn't say this earlier. Is that your uncle is back in the country? Yes. So we should, you should probably try to hit him up on uh, any stories that he may have on his yeah, travels. Yeah, so maybe next week you'll be hearing some Yeah, maybe new a, an anecdote here or there or something. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, so right, I think so, that's it. Yeah, so until um, next week, yeah. Yeah, until next week, see ya. Bye. Bye.